When bushfires ramp up, as is happening in Gippsland in Victoria right now, 5,000 hectares burnt over the past few days, that's when volunteer firefighters spring into action, saving lives and properties. But communities may not be able to rely on them as much in future. Neil Beer has been a volunteer with the Victorian Country Fire Authority for 46 years, the CFA, but he says if the black summer bushfires happened today, they wouldn't cope. And it's a nationwide problem. Neil Beer was at Australia's first National Disaster Preparedness Summit in Canberra last week, where there was lots of discussion about how to prep for more climate-related disasters. Neil, welcome to Life Matters. Uh, yes, thank you, Hilary. And look, I would c- uh, correct that if I could. Sure. Uh, I was at uh, Canberra last week. Sorry, you weren't, did you say? I weren't, uh, but look, I do have some comments on that if you wish me to uh, to cover them. Yes, let's get into that in a moment. But I just want to mel- welcome Mark Pierce too. He was at the National Disaster Preparedness Summit, I, I am informed. He's the CEO of Volunteering Australia and he says there's also lots of cause for hope, which is good. Mark, great to have you here. Yes, I am yes, here. Hi, I Mark. hope you can hear me. I can. Good to have you Wonderful. here. Um, Neil, I'll start with you. 46 years of being a fiery. How does the current situation stack up against previous years when it comes to volunteer numbers to start with? Well, look, I think that certainly is becoming a very, very serious problem, Hilary. Um, if you go back to 10 years ago, there was approximately 38,000 CFA members. If we look at today, around 28,000 now. That's the total number of registered uh, fire persons. We've got to look at what the actual number would be on the front line. In, in the case of a major fire, it's been estimated that probably only about half that number, so we're talking 14,000, probably would be capable of uh, turning up at a major fire. And Neil, what's going on there? Is it, is it, is it that rural and regional communities are shrinking or getting older or what's, what factors are at play? Look, I think there's a combination of that, Hilary. Um, Look, if we go back to the 2020 fire services reform, where, if you may remember, the resignation of the late Jane Garrett as emergency services uh, minister at the time. In Victoria, yep. Yep, the CFA board was sacked. Now, initially, I thought time will take care of that. But I think gradually it it started to eat away at CFA members. Now, I do point out that probably... Not so much the busy stations, those that are in your outer metropolitan area or regional centres, but it certainly has affected many of your traditional rural members around Victoria. There's also been a, a, a distinct ageing of the fire, uh, volunteer firefighter population, hasn't there? It's, it's doubled in since 2000 to over 20% over 65 that's correct. Look, we're, we're looking at approximately 50%, uh, I believe, over 55, and there's no actual figures for those that I've been able to find for over 65. But, of course, it, it comes back to the availability of those age groups as well. I mean, many in the 55-plus age group are still working, uh, so it does leave, uh, in a majority of cases, uh, particularly the initial firefight, uh, those that are you're around about that 65 age grouping plus. Mm. So, Neil, there have been concerns expressed too that training takes too long or is too onerous. What's your view there? The old uh, system that we knew has now been taken over by what they call the GFF, the General Firefighter Training. And, look, it's a good fire training system. However, a lot of it, particularly the initial uh, implementation of this, was so much of the course was done online. 
Now, um, with rural problems with the internet, obviously um, th this was a factor. I will say that they have revised that now and uh, there is more face-to-face -face training. So that, that certainly has taken up some of the problems that, that initially uh, occurred when it was first introduced. So this is a little window into the situation in Victoria at the moment as we're chatting here with Neil Beer. He's been a volunteer firefighter for 46 years based in Yay, which was an area particularly uh, affected by the Black Saturday bushfires. Also with us today is Mark Pearce, the CEO of Volunteering Australia. Mark, what's the national situation when it comes to volunteer numbers in our, in our volunteer firefighting services? So, Hilary, we've seen a decline in what we would term formal volunteering, that is volunteering through organisations and into community, and we've seen that broadly. Uh, obviously, COVID had had a significant impact on that, but there's been a longer-term decline, and we see that in all parts of the volunteering ecosystem, not the least of which is emergency services, to give some sense of the national situation, and this is more broadly for volunteering. If you consider that prior to COVID, around about 36% of Australians volunteered their time through organisations and into community, that fell really significantly, obviously, during COVID and the COVID lockdowns. Uh, by April of last year, around about 26% of Australians were volunteering through organisations. That said, we are seeing that there is a greater awareness of volunteering in an informal sense. It's one of the challenges I think that we will face as we move forward. Another point which is important to make is the involvement and the engagement and the centrality of volunteering within emergency management more broadly. So around about 400,000 uh, people volunteer their time into emergency response and relief of that uh, and specifically looking at fire, for example, uh, in 2021, 22, um, around about 217,954 people volunteered. Volunteers are the majority of emergency management in this country. So an understanding, a strategic awareness and appropriate planning and resourcing for volunteering uh, in terms of emergency management, crisis response is critically important. Now, Mark, you attended the first National Disaster Preparedness Summer, Summit last week and you're quite positive about the outcomes there. Why is that? Well, I think that there is an awareness, as I said, there is an awareness of the importance of volunteering within the context of emergency management or crisis response. That said, there is much more work to be done. But I think we always need to start with an understanding of the need and an awareness of the potential and the engagement of volunteering as part of this critical part of the of the Australian crisis response workforce. We think about workforce in many different ways, but of course, it's important to realise that workforce is both paid as well as unpaid. It's not just paid employees. The workforce comprises unpaid uh, people as well. And so part of the NEMA uh, Preparedness Summit, National Emergency Management Agency Preparedness Summit last week was a focus on workforce compositionally, uh, but equally understanding the fact that there is nuance. It's not just paid people, it's unpaid people as well. And the need to ensure that that's considered strategically consistently um, in a cohesive manner, which looks at things like, as Neil was talking about, uh, the, the, the imposts of training and time, and of course, out-of-pocket expenses that all volunteers uh, face, uh, 
that's particularly relevant within the context of the um, cost of living crisis. But I suppose my optimism comes from the fact that all of us live within communities of varying sizes. We have a focus on the future, our opportunity to engage and build our communities, to protect our communities is something aspirational. Um, and the, the NEMA uh, summit spoke to the need to recognise that and also to provide appropriate pathways to engage within community around crisis response. Neil Beer, what's your view when, when you think about what communities tell you about what they want from their fire services? Uh, how do you think the National Emergency Management Agency is going? Is it drawing on the kinds of expertise it needs to? Uh, well, look, I, I will make a comment if I could, and this is from uh, uh, the uh, October edition of Firewise, the uh, Volunteer Fire Brigades Victoria uh, Adam Barnett, who's the chief officer, uh, made a comment there. And, uh, uh, Mark, I'll just follow up perhaps with another question for you after this. Uh, at the gathering in Canberra of key stakeholders for the National Disaster Preparedness Summit held on the 25th of September, as at this uh, in juncture, I should inform you that judging from the invite list, apparently emergency service volunteer representatives are not considered by the federal government to be key stakeholders, even if they do represent 90% of Australia's fire service workforce. And uh, I think that's pretty critical, Mark. I don't know whether you'd like to make a further comment on that because you were physically there at the conference. Yeah, I, th I think uh, your point is particularly well made, Neil, especially around the fact that volunteers are the vast majority of emergency response, uh, crisis response uh, workforce. I saw that there was good representation from uh, organisations which rely upon volunteers in order to achieve mission. That's both in terms of things like preparedness, but response relief and, of course, then into recovery. Those organisations were well represented. Uh, the real challenge for us, as has been the case for volunteering more broadly, is to ensure that there is a whole-of-government commitment to volunteering as part of that workforce, but a critical part of community more broadly, um, and then to ensure that we consider volunteering, volunteer contribution, volunteer uh, uh, participation appropriately, strategically resource it in the way it needs to be resourced, understanding the fact that capability is critically important, not just at a time of need, but in terms of ensuring that people are appropriately resourced to be prepared, communities to be prepared, and that people aren't finding unnecessary impost on their, their time and their wallets. Yeah, look, I, I, I would agree entirely uh, with what you're saying there, Mark. And if I guess if I go back, we're not talking fire here, but the 2022 floods in Victoria, um, of which SES, CFA, and, and, and in this particular case, so many of the service clubs, sporting clubs, uh, contributed to the effort of the floods and post the floods as well. And I think this is uh, becoming more the case because um, we're so reliant. We haven't got the numbers in SES or the CFA. Um, and look, I think when we come back to equipment, we should cover that as well because uh, if you talk CFA, we've got tankers over 30 years old. Now, that is incredible. We can't, uh, you know, that obviously goes back over a number of years with with funding. And I guess you can take consider there the fire levy uh, on our rate notices, uh, everyone pays a fire levy. 
The fire levy goes into the Consolidated Revenue Fund. No way, nowhere can we find exactly what percentage of that goes directly into firefighting equipment. And if you talk to SES members, um, quite often they're having their at the Bunnings barbecues or whatever it is to get additional funding for some of their equipment. And, and that applies to CFA. There certainly are grants available, but so much of that for additional equipment is reliant on members putting out their hand to get that additional equipment that they require. And uh, I think that's so critical. I just want to jump in quickly. We're only a couple of minutes away from the end of the program. Uh, Mark Pierce, we heard about some of the barriers that stop people volunteering. You know, there's red tape, there's uh, training methods or duration and cost. What needs to be done to lower those barriers? What are some easy steps we could take? So I think in the first instance, it's a commitment from government, a whole of government commitment to understand and appropriately strategically consider volunteering. The So Volunteering Australia earlier this year uh, launched the National Strategy for Volunteering. It provides a 10-year blueprint for volunteering to survive and thrive into the future. And it focuses on some very specific things. One of those is for a strategic consideration of volunteering by a whole of government. It focuses on the volunteer experience, ensuring that the volunteer experience is all that it can be and all it should be, um, focusing on things like red tape and some of those other imposts, a part of that. But we can get a long way down the track by ensuring that we improve the volunteer experience, that awareness is increased around the opportunities for volunteering, that organisations look through the eyes of volunteers rather than merely through the eyes of mission. Uh, And that is to say, how do we make this experience better for volunteers in order to achieve the mission or the goals of the organisation? A whole of government approach is critically important and fully understanding the needs of community, Mm. the needs of emergency services more broadly in terms of the volunteer contribution is critically important and we just don't really understand it at this point. It's an easy win. Uh, It's something that we can do really henceforth and it's something which needs to be done if we to to be serious about this in a strategic fashion. Yeah, it sounds like something we're all on the same page with. Mark Pearce, Neil Beer, thank you so much for your time today on Life Matters. Mark Pearce is the CEO of Volunteering Australia and Neil Beer has had 46 years of experience with volunteer firefighting with Victoria's Country Fire Authority, the CFA. He says these problems are Australia-wide. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.